0: Take your seats if you would. Glad you're here tonight. My name is Tim Harris. I'm pastor. I welcome you tonight to the Lord's table. I op- ask you to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. One morning when I was a kid, I, I, I woke up in the morning and I'd had a nosebleed in the night. Anybody ever done that? Uh, it was kind of scary. that The sight of your own blood is always kind of alarming. Uh, but I'd had the nosebleed in the night, and so it was dried. It was dried on my face, and it was all over my pillowcase, my white pillowcase. So I, I called my mom in to, you know, to make sure I was alive. And, and mom, of course, saw quickly that I just had a nosebleed. It was, it was dried. She, she peeled the white pillowcase. that was now stained with dried blood, and she threw it in the washing machine. Um, that night when I went back to bed, it was already back on. Back on the bed, back on the pillow, Uh, but I noticed that the blood stains were still there. And my mom explained to me that that blood, dried blood, is one of the most difficult things ever to wash out. But blood stains, and it's very, very difficult to wash clean. Which is why, again, as a kid growing up in church, I was literally confused because we had a lot of songs about blood. But the songs about blood that we sang in church always talked about the power of blood to wash things clean. Have you been to Jesus for his cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? Are you fully trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? Are you washed? Are you washed in the soul-cleansing blood of the lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? washed in blood and white as snow, that just didn't go together in my very young and and concrete mind. I couldn't understand how blood could stain and yet also be said to wash things clean. Obviously, in church, in scripture, when we talk about the way blood washes things clean, we're talking about a different kind of stain and we're talking about a different kind of clean. Hebrews chapter 9 talks about the clean and the blood and our need to be washed clean. Hebrews chapter 9, I'm going to start with verse 11. Warren has already read these verses from the Message translation. I'm going to give it to you from the New Living and go from there. Listen, so Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, Jesus entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the asses of a young cow could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurities. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Verse 22, for without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Say those words, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of of sins without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. So, I heard in, in the news last week about the guy in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, a TV station received a letter, an envelope uh, with, with, with a letter of apology and then 12 $100 bills. Did you hear the story? 30 years ago, three decades ago, when this man was a younger man, he had robbed a store. He robbed a store, and at the time, I think he took $800. This was 30-something years ago. He wrote a letter to a TV station now saying, the store is closed, I don't know the owner or where the owner is, but I have lived with this guilty conscience for all of my life, and I'm miserable. Please take this money with my apologies. He sent $1,200. He said he was sending back some interest. He stole $800. He gave back 1200 said, please, if you can find the store, if you can find the owner, I just want to somehow clear my conscience. So the TV station was trying to find the store owner, trying to find out if anybody knew and sure enough, they found the store owner. They returned the the, the money to him. The man was desperate to, to clear his conscience. What is... What is your conscience? Well, what is the conscience? Because this is what Hebrews talks about very importantly here your conscience. Now, everybody has one, Christian and non Christian alike. We all have a, a conscience. It's part of being made in the image of God. The conscience is that inner, innate sense of right and wrong, maybe. The, the conscience is that, that personal witness to my wrongdoing. My conscience is that part of me that always remembers, that always remembers what I've done wrong. The conscience is what kept that man for 30 years miserable because he had stolen and he knew that it was wrong. It's it's the conscience. It's the conscience that God has given us. And, And honestly, the conscience is not perfect. It's not the voice of the Holy Spirit necessarily. So some people have a conscience that's very numbed, Some people never listen to their conscience. They never acknowledge when they have sinned. And therefore, they become numb and more numb and deaf to the voice of of conscience. Uh, Other people, uh, because we're fallen, because we're sinners, some of us, our conscience is, is almost overactive, almost super tender. So that we can end up feeling guilty for things that weren't even wrong. Some of us feel guilty for things we never even did. Some of us just do guilt very, very well. The point is we have this conscience. And the conscience is that part of us that that confronts the holiness of God and makes us take a step back. When Isaiah was in the presence of God and his holiness, when Isaiah says he saw the Lord, what was his overwhelming response? He saw the Lord and he said, I'm dirty. I'm dirty. In the presence of the holiness of God, his overwhelming response was, "I I am dirty, inwardly filthy. When Peter, but beside the water, came face to face with Jesus, that the Holy Son of God, what did Peter say? I, "I can't be around you, depart from me. I cannot be with you because I am a sinful man." You see, it's, it's the conscience. It's that part of us that confronts the holiness of God and then takes a step back. It is our conscience which is truly an obstacle between us and God. It keeps us from God's presence. Sin blocks the way, but it is our conscience that makes us learn to avoid God, to pull away from God, not to want to be in his presence. So what is it? that can wash my soul clean? What is it that can make me clean inside and out? Is there anything that can cleanse my conscience? Now think about it. In in the Old Testament, from the very beginning, take the story of Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel both brought sacrifices to God. Do you remember this story? It's one of the first mentions of of a sacrifice, of, of worship in this way. Cain and Abel, the sons of Adam and Eve, yeah, they they, they brought their sacrifices. Now, Cain was a gardener. So, when he brought his sacrifice to God, what did he bring? Squash or, or cucumbers. He brought part of his crop. That's what the Bible says. But Abel was a shepherd, and he brought the firstborn, perfect. From his flock, he brought a lamb. He sacrificed a lamb. And the scripture says that Abel's sacrifice was accepted by God, and, and, and Cain's was not. Because Abel brought a lamb, do you understand? Because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. When, when Noah stepped off the ark, as you remember, the first thing he did was build an altar, and what did he do next? He sacrificed animals, birds and animals that he brought on the ark from the very beginning for this purpose. He brought extra animals so that as soon as the ark landed, he could sacrifice them to God. He sacrificed animals to God. He shed blood on an altar before God because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. When Abraham was on the mountain before God to bring an offering, and he had the knife to the throat of his son, and the angel of God stopped him and said no, and instead God provided a ram. God provided a ram for the sacrifice so that that animal could be slaughtered on the altar of God, because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. You understand, from Genesis all the way through Revelation, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So this is why in the Old Testament, in the Jewish worship services, the high priest would go into God's presence once a year, once a year, in order to seek the forgiveness of sins. But he could not go empty-handed. He had to bring something to God. He had to bring an offering. And there's only one offering that that, that is good going to wash us clean. There's only one offering that God accepts. There is only one offering that buys us access to God's presence, and the offering is blood. It's blood because without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. So the high priest would would approach God's presence in the temple, in the man-made temple there, and he would step in. But before he could step in, he had to slaughter an animal for himself because the high priest was himself a sinner. So the first thing the high priest would have to do is slaughter a bull, a bull. He had to slaughter a bull for himself, for his own sin, because without the Shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin, so the high priest would spill an enormous quantity of blood there before he could approach the Holy of Holies where God's presence was. He would bring the offering of blood for his own sin, step through that curtain into the Holy of Holies with another animal. This animal was to be sacrificed for the sins of the people. One time a year, the high priest had this privilege of stepping into the presence of God, into the Holy of Holies, but he couldn't step in empty-handed. He had to bring an offering of blood because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so that's what the priest would do on the Day of Atonement. He would bring enormous quantities of blood Splatter them at the altar and splatter them on the curtain. It was a sacrifice of blood once a year, every year, over and over and over and over. But then the author of Hebrews, the the preacher says that something amazing has happened, that something has changed all of that, that there is one who has become our, our great high priest, Our great high priest. And who is our great high priest? It it is Jesus. It is Jesus. And what has Jesus done? What does the author of Hebrews say? Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world with his own blood. Not the blood of goats and calves. With his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Now, what did he do? He stepped into the most holy place, but not the temple. Not the temple that was made by human hands. This was not an earthly temple, not an earthly tabernacle. He went straight into God's presence. You understand this? He went straight into God's presence, his heavenly dwelling place. Jesus went straight to God. You understand? Not some temple in Jerusalem, not behind a curtain, not inside walls made by human hands. Jesus goes straight into the presence of God. He could do that because he had no sin. He was the perfect high priest. He needed no sacrifice for his own life, his own sin. Do you understand? He was sinless. He was spotless. He was perfect. The only one qualified to step into God's presence, and that is what he has done. He walks directly into God's heavenly dwelling place. But he does not go Without an offering, he brings blood because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so the priest is also the sacrifice. He brings his own blood, not an animal. Not an unwilling, involuntary animal that is taken and slaughtered. No, Jesus obediently, voluntarily lays down his life, spills his blood, not for his sin, but for the sins of the world, my sins, your sins, because without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Notice what the preacher says. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. If the blood of bulls and the ashes of young cow could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity, just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God by the power of the eternal spirit. Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. It's not just that we're pronounced clean on the outside. That's the way it worked in the Old Testament, but it had to be repeated because no matter how many times the priest pronounced you righteous and clean, sin is an inward problem. No matter how many times somebody tells me that I'm forgiven, I have a conscience that continues to remind me that I sin, that I am a sinner. My conscience always tells me that I have no place in the presence of a holy God. It's the blood of Jesus that purifies us outside and inside. He purifies our conscience. So now there is nothing. Do you understand? There is nothing that is standing between you and the holiness of God. There is nothing that prevents you to step right into his presence. Your sin has been erased. Your sin has been forgiven. Your sin has been taken away. There is not even a stain left because Jesus' blood has cleansed us all unrighteousness. Have you been to? Jesus, for the cleansing power. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed? In the so cleansing blood of the Lamb, are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb?